Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, the floor is lava. Why we got to be a little suspicious of low volume floors when we see them? All right, Andrew, what do you see in the news? Yeah, so we've got, uh, you may have heard some things recently going on with Three Arrows Capital, one of the big hedge funds. I think we talked about them, but they have an, an NFT collection that they have put together under the name of the collector, uh, going or the, the group going as Starry Night. Um, so you've seen recently, or some people have noticed that all of their uh, NFTs have been moved to just a single wallet now. Um, not much, uh, Not much news beyond that, but it does look a little... Uh, looks a little odd um, from where they had these all in many wallets before, and now they are face- potentially facing some insolvency issues. So could see where they may need to be selling their NFTs at some, uh, what, would, what would presumably be a discounted price um, to what they paid for. So keeping an eye on that, I think that is interesting. They have, it's, a, it's an impressive collection. Um, yeah, what, and, uh, what kind of stuff are they long on? Uh, so they've, I mean, they've got some, some uh some x copies in there they've got some uh dk motion some um some other i mean i i haven't looked at the entire thing uh specifically but i know it's a i've noticed them put some or make some big big uh buys uh in the past six months or so i think they've also got some um some high-end art blogs pieces in there so i'm sure there's gonna be people watching what happens with this because uh you know like i said it's it's a pretty impressive collection and if, if someone if someone's gonna, if someone is forced to liquidate, I'm sure there's going to be uh, buyers at a at a certain price, you know. But it will be a big discount, I would think. Yeah, that's an interesting. Not affordable, but interesting. Yeah, not affordable at all. Let's see. We've got so Nansen is a uh, an analytics platform uh, does a lot um, with the NFT space, and they are launching Nansen Connect as a, I mean, they're saying to rival Discord, but as a communication hub for NFT communities. Um, so we have talked about the need for for other alternatives uh, to Discord, and it looks like um, Nansen has launched one here. And, you know, I'm curious to see where this goes. Yeah, um, I don't know much about it, but, uh, you know, more Web2 in it. And let's see, we've got another NFT marketplace launching. This one is called Archipelago. I always have a hard time saying that word, but it is um, backed by uh, the artist Tyler Hobbs. He's the artist behind um, the Fidenza collection. So this will be a generative art-specific marketplace. Um, A lot of art blocks, but also other generative art on there. So, you know, we've talked about how uh, these new marketplaces are popping up and specializing in specific uh, areas of the NFT space. And, uh, you know, that's what we're seeing here with this one. You know, I just like how many, how many marketplaces for generative art can the market sustain and, and support? I think it's really just about 
what artists can you get in there? And I, I think it's hard for a new platform like that maybe to be a resource for launching new ones as opposed to giving maybe the opportunity to find existing artists that have like collections and like you might be able to snipe some interesting opportunities that way. Yeah. So I think this is a, you know, more of like a, a, this third part, you know, a, a marketplace where you can buy and sell generative art pieces, not necessarily launching new art collections from here, but uh, just like an open sea for generative art specifically. Um, so I assume that they will have more features that are, uh, you know, specific to generative art, specifically some of the, the traits that fil uh, filters aren't great on OpenSea for some of these collections. And I imagine that some of that will, uh, you know, they'll, they'll build things to work specifically for generative art. So, um, you know, with Tyler Hobbs name, I'm sure that it will get some attention from, for collectors in that space. I'm tempted to save yeah. this thought for a future episode, but I, I get the sense that like, we're like reaching a peak for generative art. I think there's a certain point at which the boom is off the roads and it's no longer novel, just the medium of it. It'll be really much more about how you're actually using it, especially as I look at the advancements that are about to just roll on with DALI 2, the uh, GPT-3 open AI extension of uh, generative images that can be done by like just text alone. It'll no longer be like, Oh, how cool you cobble together these like, you know, uh, adversarial networks and like started with this like unique process. It's going to be somebody writing a couple of sentences and shit in the back. Yeah, we got to, so GANs are different than generative art um, in the way that I, you know, generative art in the space is generally looked at as like, this is the code that produces this output rather than here's a bunch of images that we feed to make a new image. Um, so I see those as being as being different, um, you know, we are definitely seeing some, those Dolly 2 images are, there's some interesting stuff coming out there. This is a, this was caught me by surprise. Saw this headline today. Solana is launching a smartphone. Um, so this will be a, as far as I know, the first web three native smartphone, um, you know, will have features more built in natively to the OS. Um, so that you're not necessarily, I mean, I think if you, any of us have have used MetaMask on, on your phone or tried to do much on the phone, you realize that you're kind of jumping around from, from different app to app to get things to work and to sign the transactions. It's not ideal. Um, so I think that, you know, there is, there's some opportunity here to improve that. Um, I'm not entirely clear how this is going to work with work for Solana at this point, but you know, I, it's, I, I imagine that we'll get some, you know, this will have payment features so that you can pay easily using crypto. Um, yeah, that's what they said in announcement at least. Yeah. So it's interesting. We'll see what happens. I don't know. As a rule, software companies don't fare well when they just jump on into the old hardware world and assume that like, oh, you just can kind of roll that out, but you know. Uh, I don't know if there's particular advantages that the native web three will, will have when it comes to mobile tech. Uh, I'm not optimistic about it, but I am interested in, in what they find out. It feels to me more of like a well-functioning application on an existing phone than a phone phone, but mm -hmm. I mean, as long as you're fine with your call getting dropped, I don't know, for seven hours at a time, because you keep the network up. I'm good. I'm good with that. Oh boy. Ooh. Oh, wow. T-Mobile. Can we hear you? 
All right. Well, what have we got for a an affordable project here? We've, we've, we've got one. I feel like we, uh, you know, we didn't have the best, uh, we rehashed one last uh, episode. So well, I'm glad we've got something here, George. You brought one to us. What have you got? I have say found it. the thing. I have, <laughs> let me say it first. Alpaca Dabras. Alpaca Dabras. All one word. And it's uh, an alpaca themed uh, type of PFP, we'll say. And I'm talking about uh, not their 3D collection, but their Genesis collection. Current floor price at 0.2. They have 9,700 items, roughly speaking, half owners. So that's a pretty good mix of owner distribution, I'd say. And the the team is, I hate saying this, but semi-doxed, where they have a team, I can see, but their you know, Twitter profiles, they do list the team. There are a number uh, of them uh, working on this project, at least 12, I see. They have a bit of a classic run the play with regard to their roadmap focusing on metaverse but they're doing it as sort of a play on other people's land so they've got a foot in nft world sandbox webland other deed arcade land but more importantly it seems like they're trying to build mini games inside of those ecosystems including not limited to a mobile game they're planning and i think it's affordable i found it also <laughs> on um uh, the, the wabby.io, but it, it's actually had some, some interesting price movement recently. So I don't know if you're, you're also seeing that Andrew. Yeah. So I, I, this is one that I looked at a very long time ago. Um, and I remember that it had actually climbed up. I mean, it, it, look at here, like it's just, this was up over half an ETH at one point, um, had us come back down, but yeah, we're seeing some, we've definitely seen some action still right. here. It's a, actually, I see it at the end of, um, End of last year, it looks like it was hitting at 1.5 ETH. Yeah, so this has really had a run. Really come down um, from there, and I don't know. We're also going to see it like this. This point two um, floor looks like it's you know looks like it's holding fairly strong as a as a floor. Um, you know, see some sales under that recently, but not a whole lot. Um, so you know, I think that's something we've 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 talked about, and you know, these these. The collections that do persist with sales and that you do start to see like well this is really where the floor is um you know i think that's that's good to get there you know I'm not saying that it can't go lower um you know famous last words right you know <laughs> as soon as you, you buy in it can go lower of course but um, but i think it is good if you see sales over time you know that are you know they get picked up when they do get much below there um and i do like that i mean they do have a big team like you said it's semi-docs but i recognize a lot of the people that are here and it, you know, they, they are people that happen around the space for, you know, relatively considerable amount of time, um, you know, considering the age of the NFT world. Yeah. I mean, the gray boys, was it the little NFT characters? And they were like focusing on that. It's kind of like that play where you're just like, I I'm past trying to get up on sort of acquiring land, but acquiring the, the players and the builders that will be trying to work across the land with across brand types of components. And these folks seem like they're developing stuff. I don't know, you know, not financial advice. I'm talking about, you know, 2D PFP alpaca is done with pixel art. So there's that full disclosure. I don't own any, but I tend to get into like, I get in my own head of being like, I'm going to feel like a real dope if I don't buy the thing I talked about. 
So don't be surprised if you see mostly, most mostly stable creep into the, <laughs> creep into the activity there. Yeah, that was that wasn't easy. I'm gonna float some bids. I'm gonna I'm gonna float some bids. Maybe um, maybe I'll use Genie. There you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth floating bids. I think we've talked about that. You know, that's it's a good play right now. I think you can get a lot of things, a lot of uh, offers accepted, and try out that new uh, the new collection offer feature on OpenSea. That's that's. I'm so cool. glad you brought that up because uh, they they bought it and they implemented it right away. So. Like just to talk this through, there is now a collection, make collection offer. So this means I'm literally just saying, I'm willing to pay, you know, in case of this, I'll, I'll throw a dart at 1.5, a 0.15, sorry, 0.15. <laughs> You're going to want to be careful, careful. Wait, but that careful. is 0.15. And I can put an expiration date, it looks like, of one day, three day custom date. And now this means like anybody who wants to sell one of these alpaca dabras we'll see that and be able to say okay uh, so I, i'm not really getting to choose on trait am i you well you can put a you can select if you want to do a specific attribute on most of the collections i have noticed that the uh it's somewhat different on various collections I, so i can put a collection note like i want a body of a standing because i have no clue what the rarity and the rarity, special, unique. I think they've got, you know, attributes in here. I am checking it out yet. I actually have not done. Yes, you, with this, you cannot do any kind of uh, offers on or any kind of attributes on the alpaca dabras. It seems like it is on some collections, not on others. But so this, yeah, you'd be making a collection offer similar to how it's uh, done in Looks Rare already, where you can make an offer. Anybody that holds one could accept that. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think that is all, I know it's a whole lot easier than trying to make offers on, you know, the, the five or so that are just among the floor. Um, so this is, it's a nice feature. Um, and I think it adds, I mean, I think it can add a lot of liquidity to projects, um, makes it much easier, um, I don't know, for these offers to even to make the offers so that people that maybe weren't so interested or, or didn't yeah, did we say like 10% of offers are getting accepted these days? It's, I don't know about, yeah, I mean, I've seen some big numbers of like the percentage of sales right now, the number that are in WETH have been, has been, been up there. So, uh, yeah, definitely try those WETH offers if you are buying into any of these projects. I think it's real smart. Yeah, I might play a little feeler, little feeler bet. You know what George is going to be doing? George, you can't finish the podcast. No, I got a thing to do. Sorry, I'm busy. All righty. Uh, that's your affordable project. And good luck to you. All right. So let's get into our topic here. Low volume projects ahead of floors. Whew. What's the problem, George? <laughs> the floor is lava. All right. The floor is lava, Andrew. It means it's going to get, it's, you're going to get burned. Right. It's a little, little, little metaphor here is that with low volume, I've had this thought of, you know, both on the rise up and the rise down, but. You know, you, you watch the price sort of hit this peak and you're in your mind saying, oh, if only I had put a high price on it, it definitely would have sold when it hit the peak. The point is like in and around there, like the amount of volume really is thinned out and in general has thinned out, which just means that you just need everyone to agree to a certain price and set the number there. But especially I think when you reach that peak, you, your likelihood of being the like three things that sell at a peak at that floor being like when it gets up there is minuscule so if it 
if you're the type of player, and I was until I really thought about it, if you're the type of player who's like trying to time it, so I'm thinking about selling my, my flower fam thing, or, oh, how, how can I perfectly time the peak? The truth is only like a handful of people are going to get that sold at that floor when it reaches there. And then it's going to drop quite precipitously from wherever that is because the floor is lava, because there is low volume. If there's only three people bidding on a thing, being like, all right, I'm good. And like, it doesn't matter what you set the number to, no one's buying. Yeah. I mean, I think that's yeah, low volume. I mean, I think you just really can't trust the floor. I mean, if you, it, it's almost, I mean, it's almost an indication that the floor is too high if the volume isn't there. Um, otherwise, you know, somebody would be buying it. It means generally speaking that the price is going to have to come down before someone's ready to, to make the offer uh, or, or you know, to make the buy. Um, you know, it's not, not always the case, but, you know, I think you start seeing that to get the sale, you'll have people that will list maybe, you know, 20% under what the floor is because you need to make it somewhat attractive. And as we know, you know, once one person undercuts, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get others doing it as well. And, you know, this is really just a matter of there's more people wanting to sell than there are buyers out there at that time. And it's, you know, we, the, the prices can drop pretty quickly when that happens. I feel like there's a metric missing for some of my evaluations right now, which is like rolling 10 day volume sales average, not vol. I don't like, what I don't like is that we're handed volume as opposed to transactions. I want to know average transactions trailing 10 day. And, you know, just to come like, to, to put my money where my mouth is and my math should be uh, for the alpacadabras. I feel like I'm nailing it on pronunciation, by the way. The bad you that. Oh, yeah. We have like, it, it fluctuates between like, it's a range of a low of three and a high of, uh, a high of 12 trailing 10 days. So not huge, but there's movement, right? There's a little bit of life there. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that's a like, good I don't know, potentially a good metric that they could add, but there's definitely, you know, looking at the total volume really isn't a very good indicator of what's going on with the project. You know, as we know that there's a lot of projects that start hot and that's where, you know, 80% of the volume comes and then it's, it's slow after that. Um, so it's not great. I mean, and I get your point about even putting it in not necessarily volume, uh, but in the number of sales, you know, a high price project, obviously the volume is going to be much greater, but it doesn't mean that price is holding any steadier. It just means that it was a, you know, that it's higher prices than the lower price projects. Um, so I think trying to look at the number of sales, look at, you know, how it is recently, you know, it's, you know, right now when you're going on OpenSea anyway, you're kind of, I mean, to get that information, you're sort of just looking through the sales history. Um, you know, there's these, their charts aren't interactive. You can go and, and get information on this other places and, you know, it's something that I do a lot, but, but yeah, I think you're, you're right in pointing out that it's the, the metrics aren't fully giving a full story of what's going on in the collection at this, at any given time. Yeah. And it's exacerbated by volume. I, I don't know what, how to say high versus low in terms of number of transactions, because it's, it's really thrown off by the power law of looking at what, you know, the top crypto slam, blah, blah, blahs have, you know, like, oh, number of transactions. You know, 58,000 in on so rare, or if you're looking at like right now, the duplicator drop, right? From doodles. We were talking about doodles the other day. They announced that at NFT NYC, like, you know, they're doing like, uh, 800, 800 transactions the past seven days. So like 
those are it's different. I'm looking at projects that have just been quiet, right? Quiet for for a bit, um, but still have like a base level. Like we haven't completely forgotten about you, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, you know, we've talked about that when looking at some of these projects right now. We want to see that there's still some sales going during this time, you know, because if it's if you got nothing right now, um, you know, it's going to be hard to just have it come back because of a market turnaround. There's a lot of other projects that are taking attention. And as we know, that's a lot of what NFTs are is, you know, who can get the attention and it's hard to get it back if, uh, if people have moved on. Um, so I think you're right saying like, where are people still paying attention? Where are people trying to scoop up some deals and look at that, you know, I've got, try I've to got a fun it. game. Right. I have a fun game. I just made up. All right. You're ready to play. You're going to guess the seven day transaction amount for for different projects I throw at you, right? So total transactions that have occurred over the past week. Are you ready? Max Payne and Friends. Ooh, how many transactions? Uh, man, I don't know, 30? All right, 62. I'm trying to build a little muscle for us. All right, so it's like, okay. they're, you know, kicking around close to 10 a day. Okay, so we get that type of project. Um, let me see another one for you. Uh, going to go with, oh, Akutars, what do you think? Number of transactions past seven days. Um, let's see. I'll go I'll go with fifty. According to this, ninety-six. Okay. I've been about uh I've been about half the number on both of these so far. Well, it's just interesting. I'm trying to build our muscle here. Uh all right. You want to do one more? Sure, let's do one more. <laughs> what do we got? What do we got? Why am I playing this game? What I'm going to double game? whatever I think, and then I should. Okay. Wait, but then I'll. <laughs> I know you'll choose. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let me choose one that. Choose one that'll be good for you. Okay. I feel like you have a good pulse on cool cats. What do you think? Ooh. You know, I don't, I don't have much of a pulse on that right now. Uh, I've <laughs> not paid attention and I'm not sure how the pulse is there, but, ah, let's see. Cool cats. I'll go with, well, I'm going to go with 120. 143. You're getting better. Ah, all right. Getting better. <laughs> all right. So there was a, I mean, look, there's a semi point to this game, but I think I want to build up that muscle and hopefully like you were playing while we were just having this conversation, but to try to understand like so we just said for the alpacadabras that we saw that many transactions going on for like, all right, they're doing about, you know, a range of call it seven a day. So you can begin to say like, where does this stack up? Like in terms of signs of life, because I don't like the metrics that were handed. And so I, I really want to tune that a bit more to understand if the floor is lava. Yeah. You know, thinking about it in some almost like a, a, an inventory turnover type of, uh, metric, you know, you want to see like how, you know, how big is the collection, how fast are these pieces selling? Um, and I think that is more, more meaningful than just volume. Um, you know, we, we know that volume is, is, I don't know, pretty blunt, uh, measurement to be using for all these different collections. And it's, I don't think it really gives us much, much information overall. No, here's the other thing with volume is that one rare piece sells for like 10x the floor and suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, this project is ripping. And you're like, no, a whale came in and wanted the super rare piece in this collection, but that doesn't mean biscuits for the floor. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, we, yeah, it, 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 
it's a vanity metric, really, I think at this point, and we've seen that people know how to game this. They also know that mm. that is the ticket onto the leaderboards. And we've seen over and over again that new projects come on, get hot, make it onto those leaderboards. And then most cases, they just, the price just slowly fades after that. So, you know, volume is a, is a, it's one measurement that is being used way too widely right now, and it doesn't give you much information about how quickly can you actually sell your piece. And how firm is the floor? How, how realistic is this number and how much has it been tested, tested by the market? Absolutely. All right. That's what I got for you. That's all my, all my, my theme insight. All right. I think that's a good one. So. All right. As go a reminder, Discord on, it comes yeah, go on Discord. Go rate us on whatever app you happen to be listening to because, you know, the more the merrier. And maybe we can yeah. like start moving. You're on your new Solana phone, you know, I assume. They're still gonna... <laughs> Got their own podcasting app, I'm sure. We talked, hey, look, I think we've had an open mind about Solana and Magic Eden. And again, correlation or causation, 3A talks about Magic Eden. Magic Eden gets $130 million. I'm not saying we didn't not do that, but we should have found something for ourselves in there. We're terrible business people. <laughs> really awful. Which is why you should leave us a ring. The, the team Please. could use it. The team could use it. <laughs> All right. Stay safe out there. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.